Then they started to go back home. But the shaker of earth had never forgotten the threatening words he had earlier spoken, menacing godlike Odysseus, and he asked Zeus for his counsel. O oh, Father Zeus, no longer will I, here among the immortal gods, be honored, when mortals there are who show me no honor. Those Phaeacians, though from my own blood they are descended. I had decided that now, when Odysseus had suffered so many ills, he would go back home. His return I never had wholly taken from him, for before you promised and nodded agreement, they brought him as he slept in a swift ship over the seaway, then in Ithaca set him, and gave him numberless presents, treasures of bronze and of gold in abundance, and well-woven garments, much, so much, that Odysseus from Troy could never have brought it if he had come unharmed with his own fair share of the booty. Answering him in return spoke forth the cloud-gathering god Zeus. Well, earth-shaker of widespread strength, what word do you utter? Not in the least do the gods dishonor you. It would be harsh for us to assail with dishonors the oldest of gods and the noblest. If, giving in to his might and his violence, one of those men is failing to honor you, yours is the vengeance forever hereafter. Do whatever you wish, and whatever your heart finds pleasing. Speaking to him, then answered the great earth-shaker Poseidon, Lord of the dark cloud, I would at once act just as you tell me, but that I always respect your spirit, avoiding its anger. What I wish is to smash the Phaeacians' beautiful ship as home from the convoy now on the seaway, misty and murky, she is returning, so they might cease and desist from providing convoy to men and to hide their city behind a huge mountain. Answering him in return spoke forth the cloud-gathering god Zeus. Brother, to me and my spirit, the best way seems to be this one. Just when all of the people observing the ship from the city see her driving ashore, then turn her into a stone that looks like a swift ship close to the land, so that all of the people marvel, but do not hide their city behind a huge mountain. But then, soon as the great earth-shaker Poseidon had heard this, straightway to Scaria, where the Phaeacians live, he set forth. There he waited. The seafaring ship came close to the island, speedily running ahead, and beside her came the earth-shaker. Turning her into a stone, he rooted her there to the bottom, pressing her down with a flat of his hand, and away he departed. Then began speaking in these winged words, each one to the others, those men famed for their ships, the Phaeacians, long oar-wielders. Thus would one of them say, as he looked at another beside him, Well, who was it that fastened the swift ship down in the seaway while she was driving for home? Just now she had made her appearance. So would one of them say, as they did not know what had happened. Then Alcinous spoke and addressed them, giving them counsel. Well, now a prophecy spoken of old has indeed come upon me, that of my father, who used to predict the Poseidon would one day grudge it of us that for every man we provide safe convoy, said that a beautiful ship of Phaeacian men on the way back home from a convoy once, on the seaway, misty and murky, he would smash and would hide our city behind a huge mountain. So did the old man say, now this is all being accomplished. 
Come now, just as I say, let all of us heed and obey it. Cease the conveyance of every man when anyone ever comes to our city, and then let us make sacrifice to Poseidon, choosing the best twelve bulls from the herd, so that he in his mercy might not hide our city behind an immense tall mountain. So did he say, they feared the prediction and made the bulls ready. So for the people and land, the Phaeacian leaders and princes stood there raising their supplicant prayers to the lordly Poseidon, gathered around his altar. And meanwhile noble Odysseus woke from his sleep in the land of his fathers and did not know it. He had been gone so long, for the goddess Pallas Athena, daughter of Zeus, poured round him a mist so that she might make him unrecognizable, then might tell him of all the conditions, so that his wife, his friends, and his townsmen would not recognize him, not till the suitors had given requital for every trespass. Therefore everything looked different now to their master, pathways uninterrupted and harbors to anchor all vessels, towering rocks and luxuriant trees profusely ablossom. Quickly he sprang to his feet, stood viewing the land of his fathers. Then straightway he uttered a groan. With the palms of his hands he struck at his thighs both sides, and in these words made lamentation. Ah me! What are the people whose land this time I have come to? Are they bold and offensive and violent, lacking in justice? Or are they kindly to strangers, endowed with a God-fearing conscience? Where shall I take these many possessions? And as for myself, where now shall I wander? I wish they had stayed in their own place with the Phaeacians. I would have met with another exalted king who would have received me as friend, sent me on my journey. Now I neither can see where to put them, nor can I simply leave them here on the beach, lest they become booty for others. Well now, I can be sure the Phaeacian leaders and princes were not quite altogether so prudent in counsel or honest. Leading me off to a different land, they said they would take me over to Ithaca, bright in the sun, but they did not achieve it. Now may Zeus, the protector of supplicants, punish them, he who oversees other men too, chastising whoever transgresses. But come now, let me count up my treasures and see if they did not carry off some for themselves when they left in the hollow galley. So he spoke, and the beautiful tripods then, and the cauldrons he counted up, and the gold and the garments of elegant weaving. Nothing of them did he miss, but he mourned for the land of his fathers, creeping along on the shore of the deep sea, rumbling and booming, heavy with lamentation. But close to him then came Athena, seeming in shape like a man in his youth, some herder of sheep flocks, tender and delicate, just such looks as the children of lords have, wearing a well-made mantle in two folds over her shoulders, sandals she wore on her glistening feet, in her hand was a spear shaft. As he observed her, Odysseus rejoiced, and he came up to meet her. Raising his voice he spoke, and in these winged words he addressed her. Friend, since you are the first I have met with here in this country, greetings to you, and without any evil intent may you meet me. Rather, preserve these things, and preserve me too, for I make my prayer to you as to a god, and I come to your knees in friendship. 
truthfully speak to me now about these things, so that I know well what is this land, what country, and what men here are the natives. Is it perhaps some sunbright island, or is it a foreland sloping away from the fertile mainland and down to the sea brine? Speaking to him made answer the goddess, bright-eyed Athena, You are a simpleton stranger, or else from afar you have come here. If indeed you are asking about this land, it is not so nameless as you imply, for the people who know it are many, whether of those who have their abodes toward dawn and the sunrise, or among those in the west toward dusk, all misty and murky. It is a rough land, true, not fit for the driving of horses, yet it is not very poor, even though not broad in extension. For on the island is food in wondrous abundance, and on it wine grows too. There is always rain and a nourishing dewfall. It is an excellent pasture for cattle and goats. There is timber, every sort, and upon it are year-long watering places. Therefore, stranger, as far off as Troy has Ithaca's name gone, which they say is a long way away from the land of Achaea. So she spoke. He rejoiced, much suffering, noble Odysseus, taking delight in the land of his fathers, as it was described by Pallas Athena, the daughter of Zeus, who carries the aegis. Raising his voice, he spoke, and in these winged words he addressed her, though he did not speak truth, but instead held back on his story, always wielding the thought in his breast with the greatest of cunning. I have indeed heard talk about Ithaca, even in broad Crete, far off over the sea. Now I myself have arrived here with these goods that you see, and as many I left with my children, fleeing to exile, after I murdered Edominus, much-loved son Orsilicus, swift on his feet, who had always in broad Crete triumphed over all grain-eating men in swiftness of running. Killed him because he wanted to take away all of my booty, won from the Trojans, for which such pains in my heart I had suffered, cleaving away through battles of men and the troublesome billows, since I would not do his father the favor to serve as his henchman there in the Trojans' domain, but instead led other companions. Him, as he came back in from the fields, I struck with a bronze-tipped spear, having waited in ambush close to the road with a comrade. It was a very dark night which covered the sky, so that no man noticed us there, and his life I took without anyone knowing. But then, when I had killed that man with my sharp bronze weapon, straightway boarding a ship, to the lordly Phoenician crew I made supplication, and gave them loot to their heart's satisfaction. I implored them to take me to Pylos and set me ashore there, or to illustrious Elis, in which the Epeans are rulers. Then, however, the force of the wind drove them from those places wholly against their will, for they did not wish to deceive me. So, after wandering thence, we at last came here in the night time. Hastily we rode into the harbor. In none of us was there even a thought about dinner, as much as we wanted to take it. But as we were, we all disembarked from the galley and lay down. Finally then sweet sleep overcame me, as I was exhausted. Out of the hollow galley they took my possessions and put them down in the place I was lying asleep on the sand of the seashore. Then they embarked and departed to well-inhabited Sidon. Meanwhile, I was left here in this land, 
and my spirit lamenting. <laughs> 